Blog Talk Radio. Happy Wednesday, everybody. This is Girl Power Hour, and I'm Annette Bingham, and I've got Tasha with me. Hey, Tasha. Hi, Annette. How are you? Well, we were talking before the show. I drove to Dallas today, and I left at the crack of dawn, so I could miss the uh, traffic and the weather, so I could be here today. Because I really wanted to talk to Daryl. <laughs> this is going to be fun. So I definitely wanted to, to be here. And um, I know we talked about this a lot, but um, I'm at my daughter's house. So I am doing the show from my grandson's little hideout that he made. <laughs> oh, I love that. So that. Well, it's to get away from the dogs, the cats, and the chickens. So. <laughs> uh, if I were in the living room, you would hear the chickens and all the critters. So um, I'm hiding out in his room since he's not here yet. <laughs> but well, this today's show is going to be really, really cool. Um, you know, we often talk about Lubbock and the talent that Lubbock has uh, in the music industry. Right. But we've got some amazing people here that are writers, artists, all kinds of people. We've got Daryl Maloney here with us today, and he's going to be talking about his book, Haunted Lubbock. Our favorite topic, anything haunted. So yeah, let me introduce Daryl. <laughs> Let me introduce Daryl Maloney to you. Hey, Daryl, how are you? I am fine. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good. We're doing real good. Thankfully, you're here, and we get to discuss some things. But um, I want to let people know a little bit. Um, we'll talk a little bit about you first before we get into the um, the book. But I was researching you and... Um, I didn't dig up any too many skeletons in your closet. <laughs> oh, okay, well that's a good thing. <laughs> but anyway, that's for another show. But I was I was amazed at your author page on Amazon that you've got like five pages of books. I okay. think it's up to thirty thirty seven now. Um, wow. Most, yeah, well I'm a busy guy. And I'm retired, so I've got lots of free time on my hands. Uh, most of my stuff is a, a post-apocalyptic stuff, but I don't do zombies and I don't do sparkly vampires. Um, it's uh, people that survive the catastrophes and how they survive and that kind of stuff. Most oh, that's cool. really that's really cool. And then you got into the haunted Lubbock book, which is really cool. And there's going to be another one. I hear there is there is going to be another one. I I got into the the uh, first one because um, uh, Lubbock history is a hobby of mine, and I've done a lot of research on old buildings and stuff around Lubbock, and that led to stories out here, ghost stories about some of the older Lubbock buildings. And I uh, in 2013 I sent out a call to Lubbock over Facebook, and I said uh, basically if you have any true stories. Uh, about ghosts in Lubbock, I want to hear them. And uh, somebody asked me, what, what do you mean by true stories? And I said, well, if it happened to you or somebody you can trust, uh, it's a true story. If it's something you heard over a campfire when you were a Cub Scout, I don't want to hear it. But, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was amazed at, at, at the stuff that came in. Uh, so much stuff now that uh, three years later, I'm doing a sequel. Wow. wow. That's so cool. I can't, well, no, I can believe it because Lubbock is an old town and lots of things happened even before Lubbock was a town uh, in this area. So I think it's really cool that you're doing that. How many, do you you have any estimate of how many people wrote to you and gave you their stories? I've got uh, about 200 uh, emails and uh, taped interviews and... uh, um, just uh, testimonials, I guess, um, from uh, different people. Uh, a lot of them uh, extend beyond Lubbock. Um, 
a lot of them are from little towns around Lubbock, uh, even the even the counties surrounding Lubbock. Uh, and eventually, I may do a, a, a West Texas uh, version of it. Uh, I don't have enough uh, enough to fill up a book uh, from West Texas yet, but I do have enough to fill up a second Lubbock book. That would oh, be awesome. Cool. I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. Did you get anything from La Mesa? Because I have folks that were living in La Mesa. <laughs> I, don't have any, I don't have anything from La Mesa, but I would love to hear them. I've got Tahoka and uh, uh, Snyder, uh, Slayton, um, uh, Muleshoe, uh, Hereford. Oh I've gosh. got a lot, a, a lot of little towns around here, but I don't have. I, wow. I don't believe I have anything from La Mesa yet. But so if you cool. have some, if you have something. Um, send them my way. Oh, yeah. So how how do they send it to you? Like if, if if we have people listening now that are in these towns in West Texas, any town in West Texas, how do they send it to you? They can they uh, can send it to me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Um, my name is a little bit hard to spell. It's D A R R E L L M A L O N E Y. Uh, or they can send it to my Yahoo address. Same spelling, no spaces. Um, and um, if uh, worse comes to worse, if they can't find me, they can send it to Tasha. And I know Tasha's a sweetheart. Tasha wouldn't mind forwarding it to me. Aw, thank you. And I would love to read it first anyway. So <laughs> I'm all for ghost stories. I love them. This is like one of my favorite topics, as Annette knows. So. Yeah, and then she can't sleep at night and yeah, and then I, phone I scare and... myself. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, then she'll then she'll. Uh, then she'll uh, and do weird things like dress all in black and paint and paint uh, paint Marilyn Monroe and, and uh, David Bowie. Yeah, <laughs> really strange things like that. That's going to happen. <laughs> oh, you, you guys know me too well. Uh -huh. Yes, we do. <laughs> hey, Daryl, when did you when did you decide you wanted to be an author? Uh, you know, I've written. I've written. Uh, well, I, in in school, I was I majored in journalism, and I wanted to be a newspaper guy. Um, I went into the military instead, and kind of got away from it. But uh, my whole adult life, I've written short stories just for the fun of it. And it wasn't mm -hmm. until the uh, it wasn't until the self publishing phase uh, came around, uh, phenomenon came around, that I decided to give it a try and start actually publishing these things to see if people want to actually read them. And um, and it's been a lot of fun. It's been a roller coaster ride, but it's something that uh, something that keeps me busy and pays the bills, and I'm having a great time doing it. Well, good deal. Yeah, we're, uh, you're, you're so popular that um, Amazon, on your little bio that you've got there, the Wall Street Journal calls one of your books Captivating and a must read. So, when Wall Street Journal does that, you know you've got something good going on. So we're really that's exciting to me because that's difficult to do. Very difficult. Thank you for yeah, and and you're so popular that uh, one of the co-hosts on this show right now couldn't get a hold of the book because I've been trying for like, what is it, three weeks to a month now to try to find this book and, and everything was sold out. So, um, and I will just say to our listeners out there, you're going to want to read this and the sequel um, plus the other books that Annette will mention that, that, that Daryl has written that are available at Hastings, but, um, and, and there's Hastings and Barnes and Noble that carry them and you can get them on Amazon as well. But I was unable to get a copy. However, Daryl has let me know that uh, he does have books coming in. They should be in today, and he will be taking them there. So uh, definitely by the end of the week, go grab your copy. You'll want one. Trust me. Very good. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. And I, I started reading it, and um, I don't live too far from uh, Lubbock High, and there were stories about Lubbock High. And, I mean, and I live close to Texas Tech, so there's stories about Texas Tech, and I know there's always stories at Old University. <laughs> you know, there's things always happening at Old University. But let me ask you this, Daryl: Are mm -hmm. you a believer? Uh, I, I, I ghosts and spirits and things like that. I, I'm not necessarily a believer in, in ghosts uh, per se. I there. I, 
I believe there's a lot of things out there we don't know, we don't understand. And um, there are some things that happen to all of us through the course of our lives that we just we just can't explain. Uh, and I think right. that ghosts are, ghosts are as, at least as good an explanation as anything else. Uh, there's a couple of personal accounts in my first book, things that happened to me yeah. that that uh, I mm-hmm. can't I just can't explain away. Um, that be be they ghosts or guardian angels or or misplaced spirits, I don't know. Um, I'm a I'm I'm a lot more of a believer now than I used to be. Hearing other people recount their own stories, but I'm not I'm not totally convinced they're ghosts, um, as opposed to um, other things, unexplainable things. I'll just I'll just yeah. I, I like that you're a skeptic. You know, you go into it with some skepticism mm-hmm. um, because that that just makes it more believable when you do see something or hear something or, you know, encounter something. Then you can say, well, I don't know what it was, but it's something. You know, I'm, right. I'm not sure what it was. And, um I, because I've worked in the paranormal investigations before, it's, it's I've seen people who, before they even go anyplace, they'll say, oh, I know there's a ghost there. I know this place is haunted, and I know this has been, and they're always getting touched or, you know, something. And right. um, I always go in very, very skeptical. Um, so it, it just makes it a little more believable to everybody else. I always tell people, eh, you know, We'll see it when we believe, you know, we'll believe it when we see it or hear it or, you know. So I, I really do like that about your stories and, and about you, that you do go in there skeptical. And in your book, I like the way you put it together because um, you have it where you have people in their own words telling their stories. And Right. The only, I really, the only, I'm sorry. No, I really like that about your the way you put it together. Yeah, the only thing the only thing I correct I use their own stories. I correct uh, the the grammatical error, uh, mistakes and the spelling errors that, that I catch. And uh, but other other than that, the words are their own. Um, and um, I think it, I think it lends a little bit more credence to the to their stories because you can tell you can tell that they're not crackpots. Uh, for the for the for the most part, they're just like you and me. Now Tasha will probably say I'm a crackpot, but yeah, right. <laughs> I was about to say, really? My, 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 we my point is, these, these are <laughs> <laughs> we were, we? these are these are normal people that come from uh, every walks of life, preachers and uh, policemen and 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 school teachers and and uh, housewives. Ever, you know, anybody and everybody that's it's out there. Um, might have a story to tell, and and I'm still collecting them. Uh, and I'm hoping I'm hoping that some of your listeners, if they are not interested in in the book, but they're interested in contributing something to the next book, I'm hoping they can get a hold of me. We're going to put that on our Facebook page so that um, you know and share it around so that people can contact you if they're if they're interested in sharing stories. And I would love to see the West Texas book. Because, um, I mean, I've had family in West Texas for ever, it seems like. And it would just be fun to hear stories from all these different towns that I'm familiar with and that we're all familiar with. So I'm, we'll, go. I, yeah. we'll share it. Good deal. I've okay. got probably half or half as many stories as I need to fill that one up. And um, if we can drum up a few more, then uh, that will get me closer to it. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> and we need to go out and investigate some of these places. That, every time I read one of your stories, I'm going, oh, okay, now I've got to go here on Texas Tech campus, and oh, now I've got to go to <laughs> Yeah, see, let me jump in here really quickly and say, okay, so Annette has been a paranormal investigator for a long time. She has a lot of gifts. Many, many, uh-huh. yes. And if Elizabeth Harbin is listening to the show right now, she's going, yes, she does, yes, she does. Um, she has many, many gifts, and um, one of them, one of the many, is that she can see these spirits, and she can sense them, and she can speak with them. And 
so when she reads your book, she really does love the fact that you include like addresses because you can drive by and actually see this place. And then she wants to investigate it. And I'm all for it. And I will not go with because <laughs> as much as I love it, I would like stand outside and be like, what did you see? What did you see? But I don't want to go in because I'll be too scared. But because um, I, I am a believer and I don't go in skeptical at all. Every little thing that happens, I'm going to think it's a ghost. So, um, and she would not, she would think I was ridiculous, but but I do want you to do that, Annette, and I think all of our listeners would absolutely love that. Like if you actually went to these places, or at least the ones that, you know, it's feasible to do that and uh, see if you actually could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, how, how, much, how, much, how much time do we have left? Oh, we've got plenty of time. Okay. Yeah, uh, well, let like me, 45 let me, minutes. Let me, let me invite you both uh, to, to Rest Haven Cemetery. Uh, on 19th Street in Frankfurt. I was there just recently uh, at night and uh, going just going around. To, now, cemeteries are very restful and peaceful places to me. I enjoy them. They're, they're very, yeah. very relaxing, especially at night. Um, and I took some photographs at night of some of the monuments. And what struck me is, I, and I, I didn't see anything out of the ordinary. Roxanne, was, my girlfriend, was with me. We didn't see anything out of the ordinary when we took the, the photos. When we actually put them on the computer, we noticed that a lot of them were surrounded by dozens and dozens of, of uh, orbs. I know there's a big controversy on orbs, whether they're dust particles or something other than that. Right. What struck me as curious was we we took probably 20 or 30 pictures of different monuments. The two pictures we took of uh, the Jesus monuments were the ones that were surrounded by the orbs. All, none of the others were. And wow. uh, that struck me, and you can read whatever you want into that, but um, I, uh, I've been wanting to go back. So maybe some oh, night whenever, whenever, Annette, whenever you're in town, and Tasha, whenever you're feeling particularly brave, then maybe we can, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can uh, go if do she, some. Uh, if she starts screaming like a little girl, I'm sending her to the car. <laughs> And then I'm likely to scare her because just because to come up like somebody's trying to get into the car. I so well, yeah. I'd love to. That sounds like Good. a blast. I would love to do that. Um, I'm like you. I love cemeteries. That's one of my favorite mm-hmm. places to go. Um, the older, the better. And um, I've gone to lots of cemeteries around and. Um, they're just, you're right, they're peaceful. And mm-hmm. I don't always get a sense of a lot of activity there, but I did go to a cemetery in um, South, it's either, I can't remember it since so long ago, it's in Bonham or a little town mm-hmm. close to Bonham. And mm-hmm. walked by this, I was just walking by with some people and admiring the beautiful tombstones and statuary and um, this one just really spoke to me and it was like there's a story here someplace and I wanted to go back and just sit there and listen for a story and I never made it back so that needs to be on my bucket list to go back Um, Mm -hmm. it was just so cool so so cool yeah I love cemeteries so yes, we'll go. Good. Now, if we can find a way to get into the Lubbock Cemetery, I would. I've wanted to get in there forever, but they closed the gates at sundown. And once you're in, it's kind of hard to get back out again without waiting until daylight. So one of these days, I'll figure out how to get in there, though. Oh, so you might have to spend huh? the night if you go in there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well. Well, you know, the weather's getting warmer, so maybe we can just pack some sleeping bags and a couple of tents and just do an overnighter there. Absolutely. <laughs> You're game, aren't you, Tasha? I was about to say, when you say we, <laughs> you are referring to you and Annette, correct? Because this part of the we is not so much into it. <laughs> because I, I, like yeah. I said, I strongly believe Strongly believe, but most ghosts, if they are, if, if they do exist, are, are benevolent ghosts. They're our friends, yeah. right? Like Casper. Yes, they're Casper. Exactly. They're very friendly ghosts. 
<laughs> they're they're friendly and cuddly, Tasha. <laughs> Try to keep her in teddy bear with her. <laughs> no, I would love to do that. That sounds like fun. Good. So yes, okay. plan a time okay. and we're in. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Well, there was, if you don't mind, there's a couple of stories in your book so far. <laughs> I know there's going to be so many more um, that really struck me. Um, one, I don't get creeped out much on stuff, but this one kind of creeped me out a little bit. Ooh. And <laughs> it was the one about using. Um, uh, Texas Tech campus and the cowboy. Uh-huh. That is, could you briefly just kind of tell about that? Because that one did creep me out a little bit. Okay. Um, I can't, I, I'm trying to remember the details. Uh, basically, it was uh, a man was, uh, at, he's probably in his 70s. Um, I'll, I never asked him how old he was, but I had lunch with him a couple of times. Um, I'm guessing he was, um, oh no, that's not the one. That's not the one. It was the museum where the 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 uh, statue. You went with yeah, your yeah. with your grand. Is that it? Yeah, that, that's it. Oh, he, yeah. went as, he went okay, to, the, to the Texas Tech Museum as a boy, and because right. of his age, I'm guessing I'm guessing it was probably back in the 70s. It's probably says in the story, but I don't remember the details. Uh, it, it was back in the days when the the uh, the Texas Tech Museum was actually on the campus, and um, it was uh, I can't remember Holden Holden Hall I think is the building it was in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They had a, they had a dis- several displays with um, I don't know if you call them statues or mannequins or, um, or whatever. They didn't move like they do at Disneyland, but they were they were pretty pretty uh, um, pretty authentic. But they looked pretty real. Probably something very similar to what you see at a Max Wax Museum these days. Oh um, yeah. Oh, very realistic, and uh, he was there with his grandparents, and he, he said that the it, the the visit was pretty uneventful. He'd been there before on a school field trip or whatever, or, or maybe a couple of times, so he wasn't as excited as as uh, as they were, and they were walking around snapping pictures and having fun. And he was just kind of yeah, okay, whatever. Um, and he, they didn't realize, or he didn't realize anything was amiss until after they got the pictures developed. And uh, um, the cowboy that he was standing in front of was had his head turned and was looking directly at him. And he said, uh, he told me, uh, he said, that's not the way the cowboy was. He said, when I was there, the cowboy was looking straight ahead. And uh, But in the picture, and he looked and looked and looked for this photograph and never did find it because um, I was going to publish it. Um, mm-hmm. But in the photograph, the, the cowboy had, had turned his head and was looking directly at him. And uh, it freaked him out um, enough to where he said he never wanted to go back there. And I told him that uh, that the uh, museum had changed, it's or it moved rather. It's on Fourth Street now. It's a lot bigger than it used to be. And his the first thing he said was, "Well, I, I don't want to go back unless they, as long as that cowboy's still there." And I actually wow. made a trip up to the tech, I actually made a trip up to the Texas Tech Museum, and there are no are no cowboys on display. Um, so I told him it's yeah. safe to go visit again if he wants to. But uh, yeah, that was that was kind of a creepy story. I remember going to the museum when when I was in grade school. I don't remember the cowboy, uh, but I do remember the the displays they had. I remember they had a dugout with Indians and and, um, and some other stuff. So um, so I could relate. I, I thought that was one of the better stories in the book. Yeah, that was a little creepy. Um. If anything creeps me out, it's dolls, and I dolls, dolls my whole. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's just creepy dolls, you know. You, I've watched way too many horror movies, I'm sure, but mm-hmm. um, that was definitely a a, a story that um, would creep me out if I had taken the picture and had seen it. I would have immediately wanted to go back and try it again just to to verify that that's what happened. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that to me because I've still got his name and number, and he 
did make a promise that he would keep looking for that picture. So I may get a hold of him and see if he ever found it. If he did, I can do an update on the in the secret. Uh, and please do. That, that would be great. That would be great. And I do like the fact that you have gone around and you've taken pictures of different places and, you know, you've mentioned things of, of old buildings that are no longer there or they've changed to something else and you've taken pictures and, um, it makes it much easier then to go and find, you know, you make a really good effort to let people know where these buildings are. Um, I think that that helps because those of us who like to go around and look at stuff like that, well, mm-hmm. um, you know, it gives us the opportunity to do that. And I love that. There was also another story, and we're not going to give away your whole book. There's no way we could give away your whole book. Um, I mean, I'm a little over halfway finished, and the stories just keep coming. <laughs> it's amazing how many stories there are. Um, but one was a personal story of you, and um, where you had jumped into the lake and injured yourself. Um, yeah, when I was when I was twelve, I uh, I. Uh, Ran with a. I, I, I had a, a an upbringing where I I was uh, I didn't have a lot of spending money, um, and I couldn't afford pool passes and, and and things like that. I ran with a with a with a group of kids who was a very good group of kids, but we didn't have a lot of spending money, so we spent a lot of time uh, where other kids would go, uh, you know, to swim at the pool and. Uh, to ride go karts and ride horses and stuff. We went fishing and we jumped and we and we uh, swam in the lakes, uh, the Playa Lakes at uh, Maxi Park and uh, Clap Park. And yeah. uh, when I was when I was 12, I dove off of one of the, the the drainage runoffs to go from the street to the to the lake to carry rainwater. I dove off one of those and uh, I hit my head on the bottom of the lake, right there on the uh, north or sort of the south side of Clap Park Lake. And uh it wasn't as it wasn't as deep as I thought it was. I hit my head and almost drowned because I passed out on the water. Mm. Uh, my friend my friends pulled me out and uh had me laying uh on my back in the grass trying to figure out what to do and this old man came out of nowhere and I never saw it. I never saw his face uh because I was busy trying to die. Um but the old man I heard his voice I heard his voice. Uh, they said, "Roll him over on his stomach, and press down on his on his uh, his, uh, his uh, sides to get the water out." And they did that, and uh, I started coughing and spitting ugly green water all over the place. And but I got uh, I started breathing again, and uh, which I was very disoriented, bleeding like crazy from from the because I'm top of my head, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, very very disoriented, trying to pass out. And uh, as I was coming to, I, I saw uh, the figure walk away. And uh, he wore uh, an old gray suit, and uh, he shuffled when he walked. And I watched him walk away into the distance. And uh, um, they told me, my friends told me that he came out of nowhere he uh, he came out of nowhere. He told him what to do to to get the water out of my lungs to get me breathing again, and then he just walked away. Um, and uh, what struck me about that is, like I said, I didn't see his face on that particular day, but he walked um, or he shuffled um, exactly like my grandfather did. My grandfather um, died when I was very young. I have very few memories of him. Well, one memory I have is um, him walking up the, up the uh, the aisle at church. He was with the communion, passing the communion trays back and forth. And uh, he only had one suit uh, to his name that I, that I can think of or that I know of, and it was an old gray suit that looked like the one this man wore. And wow. he shuffled just like my grandfather did. Um, now I'm I'm not I'm not prepared to say it was my grandfather's ghost, but um, I, I would I would want to believe that, um, and it's very mysterious to me because of the way he appeared out of nowhere, and then disappeared um, again, and uh, basically saved my life. So, yeah, um, 
part of me is, is still skeptical, um, and part of me wants to believe that, uh, call it a ghost, call it a guardian angel, call it whatever, this guy showed mm-hmm. up at the, when I need him and saved my life and disappeared again. Out of curiosity, what, what is your grandfather's name? Um, his name was R.J. Brown, uh, or R.J. Maloney. Um, mm-hmm. um, I'm sorry, my grandmother's maiden name was Brown, and she's Maloney. Uh, he died in 1962. He's buried at Haven. And his grave was one of the ones that Roxanne and I visited the night that we uh, went over to Rust Haven just recently. Um, wow. And I, I still go there, and I talk to him, and I, and I thank him for if he, if it was him that day for for what he did. Um, and I guess I guess, I guess I, that's one of the reasons why I would I'd like to believe that ghosts are real, because um, I'd like to believe that. There is a possibility that the people we love and the people that that uh, pass away have a way of coming back and helping us or visiting with us or at least watching over us, you know. Oh, I, yeah, I, I totally believe that. But it's, it's um, you know, every once in a while there's doubts that creep in and we're going, you know, oh, that can't possibly happen. But, you know, in the heart of hearts we know that they're not that far away from us. You know, right. and I think it's such a wonderful story. Um, what was your religious upbringing? Were you? I uh, were well, you, I, I was. Um, well, I was born Church of Christ. I, I attended um, the Colgate uh, Street Church of Christ uh, for many years as I was growing up. Uh-huh. Um, I went because my dad made me go. I wasn't. I was never really, <laughs> never, never real religious. My dad is right. still around, and now I attend church with him um, at uh, Southside Church of Christ on, uh, on South Biker. And I do it not necessarily because I'm real religious, but because he's 86 years old and he's not going to be around forever, and I want to spend time with him. So I'm oh, not a great. real religious. Yeah, I'm not a real religious guy by nature, but um, but I do uh, attend church, and I I, I do I'm, I'm a believer, but um, I'm not a fanatic about it. In the stories that you you've written about, would you know? I mean, like how many people were brought up like in churches, or how many people were just really open and spiritual that? that believed these things or didn't believe these things until it happened to them. Well, I think, I think as a general rule, because we're, because we're in, in, in West Texas, um, you know, the, 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 the southern end of the Bible Belt, um, I think that most of the people I've talked to um, were religious at least to some degree. And what, mm-hmm. I've heard, what I've heard many, many times is I didn't believe in ghosts because um, – uh, going uh, believing in ghosts goes counter to to being a Christian or believing in the Bible mm-hmm. because the Bible doesn't say anything about um, ghosts um, other than the Holy Ghost, but it doesn't say and make any any references to people dying and coming back. So mm-hmm. I've heard I heard several times that they didn't believe because it wasn't in the Bible, but that um, they came to believe after. Um, after their personal experiences or their experiences with their parents or whatever. And another thing that that I heard quite often was that the, the spirits or ghosts or whatever they encountered or their friends or relatives or husbands or wives or encountered weren't bad ghosts, weren't evil ghosts, weren't scary ghosts. They were uh, benevolent ghosts. They, they came to mm-hmm. help. They came to, or mm-hmm. they came to just send a message, hey, I'm here. Um, or warn them about something, right. or just say hello, you know, just to communicate. Um, and um, there were very few uh, stories where the ghosts were actually scary, or act, or, right. or seemed like they seemed like they intended to scare people. Um, and that surprised me. I always, I always thought of ghosts as, you know, the kind of. The kind of demons you see in movies that you, see, you want to terror, want to terrorize people and scare them to death. Like in Ghost Adventures, Tasha. <laughs> <laughs> Stop watching that show. Okay. 
I used to ask Annette, I used to call it, this is a true story, and this is a very true story. I used to call Annette, this is why she cautions me about getting this book, Daryl, because um, I will read it and I will terrify myself. I used to um, watch all these, you know, ghost hunting, I guess, um, shows, like Ghost Adventures being one of them, uh, which I don't think Annette's a big fan of, but um, yes. This particular show I would watch, and then I would call her or text her and ask her if the spirits that they were conjuring or talking to, wherever they were, could come through my computer or my TV, because I was terrified that if they were able to, and of course, first of all, it's not live, so it's not happening right then. Secondly, you know, it's obviously, like, not something that's even feasible, so you can see where my brain goes when I start thinking about ghosts. I get terrified, and I go to very irrational thought processes. So it's kind of dangerous for me to read your book. There may be a reason why I'm not able to get it. Well, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun at the cemetery. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you two will have a lot of fun with me, yes. No, you're going to, girly. There's no way out of it. You're going to. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to video the whole thing so that we can post it on Facebook and everybody can see me make yep. a you know, complete jerk of myself. Yep. And then we, and then we can yeah, offer to show you the video for <laughs> We can offer to sell you the video for a million dollars. Okay, or the Maryland painting, right? I can trade. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. yeah, I'd rather have Maryland. <laughs> we will post it on Girl Power, our Facebook page, to let people know how invested we are. <laughs> I think that's a great idea, Daryl. Okay. Yeah, if that's a true story, she she did call me and ask me that question. And, um, yeah, I had to bite my tongue and say, no, <laughs> you can't have it. Natasha, that surprises me because... Dr. that surprises me because you're so you're so independent and dynamic and I I would think that you you fear absolutely nothing. So well, I'm you know, in some in some ways I am you know, I could say that in some ways I have definitely like shed a whole lot of my fear, but those within my close circle like Annette are like shaking their head, going, Girl, I know you. Don't you even think I don't know you? Because like I've sent messages and made phone calls like that one that uh make it very clear that I'm not even in my rational mind sometimes. So, um, yeah, it's I would probably surprise you in many ways, Daryl. And, and and now the whole radio world knows. Yeah, everyone out there listening. At least you know I'm obviously okay with being vulnerable, <laughs> like just showing everybody who I am. Well, you'll be vulnerable at the cemetery then. <laughs> we can have a great time. Oh my goodness! Yes, Sasha, I know you've got questions for Daryl, and I've been hogging everything because I love the stories. <laughs> I do, actually. Um, I do want to know, Daryl, other than your own personal experiences, because I can only imagine that, that those would mean so much to you just because, I mean, you can verify them as they happen to you. But, and I'm talking about even, you know, the ones that um, you, I know you have some coming in you don't want to give away because um, you, you have the book that's coming out. But if you can, um, you can even include them in the question I'm about to ask you. But certainly in the first book that you've written, what, is your favorite or at least most uh, the story that impacted you most that literally maybe made you think, okay, you know what, maybe this is a possibility. I mean, I'm understanding that you're saying, you know, you were definitely a skeptic going in and some of this has made you really question that, but was there one in particular that stands out or maybe even a couple that stand out for you? Well, my, my favorite one from the first book, was a house on the uh, northeast corner of 37th Street and Hartford Avenue. I don't remember the, the, the house numbers, but it's on the northeast corner of 37th and Hartford. It was submitted by a man named Michael who grew up in the house and spent 20 years in the house. And uh, he had several several anecdotes to give me. But the, 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 the best one was uh, that there's a, a car buried underneath the foundation of the house. <laughs> and uh, he said as a, as a boy, he uh, his father found a hole out and, and underneath the front window, the uh, front bedroom window of the house. And he he uh, he went out and he threw some dirt in the hole, trying to fill it in, and the dirt kept disappearing. So they dug down to find out why, and it turns out it was an old uh, 
probably 30s model uh, coop uh, buried under the house. And over time, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the top of the, the roof had collapsed to the point where it let dirt sink in. So all the dirt they were throwing into the hole was going into the car. So they dug down and they, uh, with the intent of pulling the car out to find out what it was all about, and it was buried underneath the foundation of the house. So they had some engineers go out and they say, well, you can't take the whole car out without compromising the foundation of the house. So, but they were able to take part of the car out. Uh, and what's left down there is basically the trunk of the car, and they had to leave it under the foundation to protect the house. Um, and when, when this, all this was going on, the Avalanche Journal was out there with a photographer, and they were taking pictures, a story of it. And uh, according to Michael, the, uh, the coolest thing that happened was um, whenever they uh, pulled the car out, there was a wisp of black smoke that came out of the hole and kind of swirled around a little bit and then uh, dissipated. And to this day, he believes that uh, that was uh, a soul being released from the ground or whatever and then and then being free. Um, wow. Part of the car is still under the house and will probably never come out until the house is eventually demolished and somebody digs it up. Um, and I would love be able to go down there and find out what's in the trunk of that car. Yeah. Um, and Michael said, me too. Uh, and there's all kinds of other rumors that have been floating around, uh, including uh, the uh, house next door uh, used to belong to CW Post, the man that uh, 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 created post- Posties and uh, the, the man who's uh, who Post Texas is named after. Uh, he used to own the, the land next door, and that, that much I've verified. Uh, there were some rumors that he used to hold seances out in the front yard under a big tree. And that I couldn't confirm, so I'll just uh, let that fly as, uh, stand as a rumor. Um, but CW Post couldn't have had anything to do with the car because he committed suicide back around 1900 or so, and this was a 1930s uh, era car. So um, it's apples and oranges, that part of it. But it did make for a more interesting story. And uh, Michael uh, sent me a photograph of uh, of, uh, of him uh, in taking the living room uh, of that house when he was uh, probably eight or nine years old, and in the and the uh, reflection on the TV behind him is a little boy, and uh, it, he said it wasn't his brother, it wasn't anybody he knew, but it appears to be a little boy playing in the back of the. Uh, or in the screen of the TV behind him. TV was turned wow. off. It was old, those old model TVs with the the black and white screen. And uh, mm-hmm. it's a really cool picture. It's a really cool picture. And he said uh, there were other things that happened in the house, photos falling off the walls and stuff. His little brother, when he was probably three or four years old, um, his uh, their mother used to make him uh, paper dolls. Um, I guess that was the the thing to do back in, back in those days. But uh, he would take these, his little brother would take these paper dolls and he would tear them up. And his mother asked him one time, why um, why are you tearing up paper dolls? And little brother pointed over to the corner and he said, because he told me to. Uh, and they asked him, who's he? Well, that little boy right there. He told me to tear them up. So wow. Michael, Michael to this day is convinced that there are ghosts in the house. And... Um, Maybe always were, maybe always will be. I, I don't know. But uh, is that picture that he sent to you? Is that in the book? It's not. Um, um, I might put it in the book. Yeah. Um, I have to get his permission to use it. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, you know, uh, if you if you have access to the uh, to the uh, uh, the FMX website or Cool Ninety Eight yeah. website. Uh, I think it was post. They did a piece on it, on it, and they included that photo in their piece, and it's posted Ooh. on their re- website. Uh, KFYO uh, is is uh, owned by the same group. It may be on their website. I know it's on one of them, uh, and okay. it actually shows it actually shows the photograph, and it goes a little bit more in depth um, to, uh, to the to the story. Um, but it's really a cool story, and uh, that's my favorite is the car. 
and I hope I live long enough to see that, that house torn down and the car dug up so we can find out uh, if there's a body in it or if it's just an empty trunk. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I love that story. Yeah, I want to know that now. <laughs> now I want to know what's under because if it's still part, you know, if part of it's still under there, I, I'm mm-hmm. definitely curious. And, yeah, I hope I live long enough to know, too. And I hope that uh, at some point we can find out and then you can write another book about it. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I hope I live to be that old. If you don't, you can... If you don't uh, live I, that I, long, then you can come in and can just haunt us. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Well, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real busy haunting Tasha. Okay. Uh, yeah. Now that you've found out how much fun it is, just to see what I do with these hauntings, let me tell you. Annette knows many. There's there's more stories than the one I just told. <laughs> Some of them even more embarrassing. So there, it gets better. Trust me. <laughs> Well, maybe so we can collaborate on Facebook. I'm sorry? Does Michael still have things going on in the house even today? Well, he, he, he doesn't live in there anymore. He moved out when he was about, uh, I think you said 20, 21 years old. He grew up oh, in the okay. house. Uh, okay. So all he has is memories and and, the, and his photo. Um, um, but and I don't even remember if he lives still lives here in Lubbock. I don't think he does. I think he lives in Dallas or or somewhere uh, away, uh, other than Lubbock. So I don't know how long it's been since he's been back to the house. But uh, he swears, uh, and he's got he had a, a a whole long laundry list of things that happened in the house, um, being moved around, you know, strange noises, things falling off the wall. Um, but the car, none of none of them was better than the car. That was that That's was the, awesome. the that was the the crowning point of his story. That is too cool, too too cool. Yeah, I I definitely want to find out what's in the trunk. Mhm. And I'd well, and you gave the address. I I, I think. Yeah, the the address that you gave. Can you can you give that again? Yeah, it. I'm I'm not sure of the house numbers. Uh, it's at the corner of 37th Street and Hartford Avenue, and it's the house on the northeast corner. Okay, yeah, I, I got to drive by there. That's that's super cool. And if, I if love you that go you on, I, yeah, if you go on, if you go on my web, uh, I don't think I hope this on my website. If you if you go on uh, the the uh, KFYO website uh, mm-hmm. and the uh, and the FMX website, um, it's on one of the one or the other. Okay. Yeah, I'll look it up, and I'll, I'll actually look it up, and then whenever we're done with the show, um, we can post it on our Facebook page, the the link, and, and show that picture that goes with this story. Okay. In fact, in fact, I'll find the link and, and send it to both of you. Awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, that's a that's such a cool story. I mean, all the stories in this book are just there's something in each one of them that, and and. People are so sincere in what they're saying that you there's no way you can't believe them. You know, something actually happened to these people, which is, is you know, very interesting to feel yeah. that strongly about something and admit it, you know, because, okay, like you said, we're in the Bible Belt. Um, and to admit something like that happened is uh, pretty brave for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and, and several of them told me that, you know, I've never I've never told this story before, and um, I'm not comfortable with telling it. Uh, I, some of them are are, are, are pseudonyms. Uh, I, I, I gave everybody the option of using their real name uh, uh-huh. or, or a pseudonym, and surprisingly, most people say, "Well, I'll go ahead and use my name," um, um, and. Um, Sometimes first and last names, sometimes just first names. But most people, I, and I, I think the, the stigma of telling ghost stories has kind of kind of eased over the years. Uh, I don't think that that people that tell these stories are subject to the same ridicule they might have been in the past. I think it's what I, I think people in general are more accepting now. Well, what I found was that there's a lot of closet believers. You know, they're mm-hmm. 
they're not going to come right out and say something unless you say something first, you know. And right. and then they're going to say, oh, yeah, well, you know, when I was a kid, <laughs> you know, this happened to me. And mm-hmm. uh, once once they know they're safe and they, they felt completely safe telling you their stories, which um, big kudos to you because that's not easy uh, to have people share things like that. So they definitely did feel comfortable with you to do that. Tasha, did you have anything else? I know you do. Well, I do have one more question. So in terms of the sequel that you have coming out, when mm-hmm. can we expect that? <clears throat> it's, on, it's on schedule to be released uh, in mid-August, probably around the 15th to 20th of August. And I can give you a couple of teasers if you want. Please do. It's going to have uh, stories from uh, the University Medical Center, uh, room 335, um, involving a a nurse that that materializes uh, and actually treats a patient and doesn't treat her very well um, to the point where the the patient uh, complains about her to the the other staff. And it turns out there, there was no nurse. Uh, um, and while well, there was no nurse supposed to be there at that particular time, the nurse in question that, the, that dealt with the patient was dressed completely in white um, to include the uh, the white nurse's hat with her little red cross on it um, that they used to wear back in the 20s, maybe 30s, white hose, white patent leather shoes, white starched skirt, the whole shebang. And... Uh, um, so that's going to be in there. Uh, there's and a story that disappeared. That room 335 in the University Medical Center. And you know uh, what's cool about that particular story? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's, what's validating, I think, about that story is that, you know, when you talk about what she was wearing, because the fact that she was wearing that, you know, we haven't seen nurses wear that. I mean, they wear scrubs, you know, so, like, that yeah. wouldn't even be something that would be in that patient's mind. So that's, exactly. that's interesting. It's a very validating piece. And, and yeah, I went up there myself, and everybody was wearing scrubs um, mm-hmm. of all all, all different colors and and uh, light mm-hmm. jackets that went with, with the scrubs. Nobody, and I asked a couple of people, and uh, they were told me we 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 don't have nurses in those kind of uniforms and haven't many many years, especially yeah. with the red the red cross on the white hat. Right. Um, Wow. There's also a story of, of a disappearing nurse, of a nurse that disappeared that was on the elevator at West, the old West Texas Hospital on Main Street um, and then uh, disappeared between the floors, just vanished. Um, and uh, yeah, I had a third one I was going to tell you. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, so I guess those two will have to do. Oh, so the, the, there was a hospital on Main? I didn't even know this. Yeah, it was the it was uh, the West Texas Hospital, Main and Avenue K, I believe. It was uh-huh. originally a five story hospital, and uh, in 1939 they they expanded it up two stories, and it was a seven story hospital. The building is still there, but it's all it's all boarded up. Uh, it was closed for several years after the hospital moved out. South Plains College used it for classes. Um, for oh, I know years. where that is. Yeah, yeah, and then they moved out, and it's vacant now. But. Um, mm-hmm. Some people, some people got on the elevator. There was a nurse on the elevator. They went up to their floor and um, um, got off the elevator, and she was gone. Um, wow. that, um And Broadway Church of Christ is the third one I was going to tell you about. Um, an angel, she described it as an angel, um, not as a ghost. But uh, it was uh, some men that were working on the air conditioning system back in the 70s. And... Uh, they took a panel off the off the air conditioning uh, unit, and a wisp of white smoke came out and just basically sat up in the corner of the room watching them. Oh! Never, never, wow. never said anything. He, and like I said, he wasn't he wasn't afraid. He was uh, fascinated. Um, and they said it was uh, um, probably the the person that died when they built the church who fell from the, the bell tower. Well, it turned out when they built the church, there was no bell tower. They added it later on, and nobody died. So um, so it wasn't a ghost. It wasn't a dead ghost from the, from the bell tower. Um, 
but he he seemed to think it was an angel as opposed to a ghost. That's the way he described it. In fact, he was very adamant. Don't say it's a ghost. It wasn't a ghost. It was an angel. Cool. Wow. What a cool story. I love that. And I have a question. When you go to uh-huh. research things like this, when you like you go up to the nurses station, what do you tell them? I mean, are they are they open? Are are people when you go to research are they pretty open about it? Or not the people telling the stories, but you know, when you go to a building and you're trying to figure things out and history and Well most most of the time I'm well received. A lot of times I get I get uh, chuckles. Like, uh, um, oh, yeah, sure. Um, you know, um, a lot of times, believe it or not, I get uh, what I get is, is uh, a little bit of skepticism at first. But then, Paul, oh, by the way, you know, um, I need to tell you about this that happened to me, too. Um, ah. I'm, talking, I'm talking right now uh, uh, about uh, to some people, at, uh, some nurses' aides at one of the, the nursing homes here in Lubbock. And, um I'm not going to tell you the name because I, I haven't run it to ground yet. And I don't have their permission to use it. But it's a nursing home out uh, behind the La Quinta um, on uh, uh, off the north slide, I guess. There's a La Quinta Inn out there. And it's, it's about a block away from it. And um, supposedly they've got a ghost that shows up. Uh, you, you probably know, know that nursing homes uh, see a lot of death. They're like hospitals. Yeah. And uh, they, they lose patients on a regular basis. Well, supposedly... Um, occasionally they'll see a uh, a man in black, dressed all in black, and they they can't see his eyes. He's kind of uh, kind of um, vague uh, as far as the facial facial features. But he'll show up occasionally, and every time he shows up, um, they they have one of the residents that has died in the room, and this has happened uh, three or four times uh, that. Uh, the uh, the one nurse's aide can remember, and uh, oh, wow. so I'm trying to run that. I'm trying to run that to ground, um, and uh, uh, but but where that came from was was I just walked into the nursing home, and because uh, I know a girl who works over there, and I asked you know um, you know you guys see a lot of death. Do you have any stories to tell me? And they said, well, we'll talk to Carla. She's been here the longest, and uh, if anybody has seen these things, it's her. And so, so that one I'm working on now. I don't know if it'll make the book or not, um, but um, if it doesn't, it'll probably make the next one. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, hospitals and nursing homes probably two of the most uh, busy places as far as um, if you want to call them hauntings or ghosts or spirits or whatever you want. You know, mm-hmm. technically you want to call them. Um, they're they're busy. Yep, I'm sure. Well, Daryl, uh, we have enjoyed this so much, and I just want to remind everybody that Daryl Maloney's book, Haunted Lubbock, uh, will be, it is on Amazon, and it will be back in the bookstores, Barnes & Noble, here in Lubbock soon. And I'm sure you can order it off of the uh, Barnes & Noble website also. Um, and... So he has a next next book coming out mid-August, which will be another Haunted Lubbock book. And we are so excited for that. And if you want to get in touch with Daryl, he is on Facebook. Uh, just go, uh, Google. Oh, boy. Search for Daryl, D-A-R-R-E-L-L, Maloney, M-A-L-O-N-E-Y. And he'll pop up. And I'm um, Please to hear any of your haunted stories that you might have. So, Daryl, thank you so much for being on today's show. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me, and you guys have a great day. We will. Oh, thanks, Daryl. Happy haunting. <laughs> <laughs> so we will, we will talk to everybody next Wednesday on Girl Power Hour. See you then.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.